0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: How much? It's been a great week here. It's August 1st, 1998, and... What in the fuck was that? That's a machine gun. See,
1: it sounded <laughs> it sounded like lawn equipment to me. Um, the lawn <laughs> equipment
0: that is eviscerating American soldiers <laughs> on beaches in France everywhere.
1: Oh goodness.
0: Ah, uh, I forwent? Yes, forwent. What? That's how you say that. I forwent the uh news today. I looked over some what? things but We're we're bypassing the news.
1: No, but forwinter? Like, I've never heard that word ever in my whole life. I've heard foregone.
0: Yeah, I believe it's the past tense of foregone.
1: Are you sure?
0: Yeah. I have a a killer joke, but it only really is funny written out. Okay. It's my plan if I'm ever faced with a werewolf and I kill them. (laughs) Have you ever. You know, werewolf is spelled W E R E. W O L F right
1: Uh-huh
0: So I'll be I'll be more like more like W E R E O L F but the second person subjective of was so more like werewolf
1: What is happening If I kill a
0: werewolf I'll say more like werewolf <laughs> but it's spelled the same way I think so right anybody now, Who's so out
1: there right and laughing now you to right now. Should be my friend. Is a giant dork. What the fuck? Only people. Oh my God. Who are literary geeks would be getting this joke right I've now. never
0: called people that laugh at your jokes dorks.
1: <laughs> I don't make jokes.
0: No, you make jokes sometimes. Not Really? You did the whole... You create funny situations. But I don't make jokes. I mean, I guess you don't make specific jokes. You make jokes. You don't do like a setup punchline kind of thing. No. Like a bait-and-switch. You're the jokester. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but it's no joke that we watched a very funny movie. Oh, Lord.
1: What in the fuck is wrong with you? It was not funny. I it believe, was not funny in any way. I believe
0: it was called Saving... Private Ryan. It was awful. The porn parody will be shaving Ryan's privates. Yeah.
1: So let me say it, it was awful because it was emotionally awful, but it wasn't, it was a good movie.
0: Yeah. It wasn't awful in any way. It was the best film I've seen all year. And I don't, maybe one of the best films I've seen in, it, as far as St- Spielberg's films, where does it rank? I mean, that's, that's the
1: question. I would need, like, the entire list. I don't know. The, of,
0: of Steven Spielberg's oeuvre?
1: Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, God, are you going to come up with it right now? Yeah. You, well, You I'm, got that shit stored I'm, away. I'm not going
0: to say every single movie he ever made, but I'll give you highlights, okay? Okay. Jaws, mm-hmm. E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park schindler's list saving private ryan okay let's say those seven okay he also made duel and like a a poltergeist and a bunch of other stuff
1: well okay so are we saying the best movie he made or the movie we like the most because those are not the same
0: what i'm saying is where best he made where does it rank in that list
1: probably like the top three for
0: sure for sure top three i think what do you think what I assume Schindler's list would be on up there. Number one. And Jurassic Park, I guess. Yep. In your opinion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm partial to Jaws. I love Jaws. Uh I'm not Dawson Leary though, so I don't uh I'm not a huge like I love I like Steven Spielberg. Mm. He's a fantastic filmmaker, but I'm not like a you know, Spielberg dork or whatever.
1: Oh, here's a question. Yeah. Are they Will gonna... Dawson like it. Yeah. That was my question. Oh, really? Are they going to talk about it on Dawson's Creek? They probably
0: will. We'll see. Schindler's or not Schindler's List? um, Saving Private Ryan. Probably watched. So was this movie fubar? (laughs) We we have a we have a new acronym, a new old acronym.
1: Fucked up beyond all repair. I like it.
0: Yeah. Apparently, it was. Apparently, it was. Popularized during World War II, but I've never heard of it eh. until this movie.
1: It reminds me of another acronym. Yeah. Fine.
0: Fine. F- uh, fucked in Nicaragua,
1: everyone. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up, insecure, neurotic.
0: That does not spell fine in any way.
1: Well, fucked up is one. It's F. Fun. Okay, fucked up. Insecure neurotic and what's the last I don't Insecure, remember. the e now Neurotic
0: anymore. Uh, emotional.
1: Yes. Actually I think that might be it. Yes, I think that's correct. I've never heard of Because it's like when people say they're fine, you know, they're uh, like they're not really uh, yeah. fine. Yeah. That's like, a that's a therapy I like thing. Laser. The fuck is laser?
0: Light amplification
1: through Oh god. What is wrong with you? Stimulated
0: emission of radiation. <sighs>
1: So, this movie.
0: Yeah. They could have used a laser.
1: I almost threw up my popcorn watching this movie. <laughs> uh,
0: she was... Yeah. So,
1: this the opening scene... I regretted our decision to watch the movie within about five minutes.
0: To it, me... Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. I was just... To me, this movie is... I don't want to say it's, like, bipolar, but it's, like, it's, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's not two different movies, because everything is stitched together very well. It's made very well. But there are two kinds of movies that exist in this movie. Okay, There are big, big action set pieces in this movie. The... Invasion of Normandy being one of them, like 30 minutes, like the first 30 minutes of the movie, it's harrowing. And maybe the most impressive battle footage I have ever seen in my life in any movie.
1: Maybe one of the worst 30 minutes of my life. It was
0: h- horrifying, but it, it it really captures the brutality of war and the bloodiness of this battle.
1: And they don't use any loop here. I mean, like no. there's no there's no building up to this. There's oh. just you know, I mean like we start out seeing an old dude walking in Arlington sure. Cemetery, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that's a couple minutes. I
0: liked the real quick, I liked the decision not to put Matt Damon in old age makeup. Yeah. To cast a guy, an older actor that looks vaguely like Matt Damon. Yeah. I thought that was a much better decision.
1: Okay. But um, he, you know, falls down, and and then we zero in on his eyes. Yes, and then we're in these boats invading Normandy, and and you think the person you're seeing then is him, but it's not.
0: It's Tom. It's Thomas Hanks. They
1: fool you. They fuck with you. I don't really like the dishonesty of that shot. It's
0: Thomas Jeffrey Hanks
1: because it's spoil. Like it it it. it Makes you think then that he's going to make it, right?
0: You don't want to. They don't want to spoil that. That's the point of that.
1: It's bullshit. They they make you think he's going to live, and then he doesn't fucking live.
0: Spoilers, everyone.
1: It's not okay. You should,
0: watch, should watch this movie, but yeah, we. But uh, like, as you said, no lube. We get we get a brief close up of his shaking hand, drinking a canteen. And then, the can's not, but it's used to open the canteen. And then, they land on the beach, and immediately the first wave of people are just murdered.
1: Well, and prior to that, even before they hit the beach, they're puking.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone's puking. And that... I would be, too.
1: Well, probably everybody would be, but it's just like, you don't need to fucking see that. Like... You don't need to like close up watch you pu- puke coming out of people's mouths. And for a moment, I was offended by that. Until the next offensive thing happened, I and I realized that there's no reason to be offended about that because because then, someone's
0: intestines are just spilled out all while
1: they're their- crying, mama. Yeah, and and they're
0: wearing. And then a dinosaur walks by and goes at the mama. <laughs> and they're wearing- well, that was a weird choice, but you know,
1: Jurassic Park it fits, right. Um, They're wearing helmets that don't work.
0: Well, they work part of the time. They don't work. Until, save the one guy's life until he took it off and was like, oh, wow, I'm so lucky. And then he gets killed.
1: But on the way onto the beach, in the ship, we see a bunch of fucking bullets just penetrate these helmets and kill these dudes. Yeah, but they can't. They can't.
0: They're being fired on by machine guns. You know, like, they can't make a bullet that stands up to every fucking gun.
1: Well, they make bulletproof vests. Why don't they make helmets out of the same thing they make bulletproof vests out of? Because
0: they didn't make bulletproof vests or that stuff during World War II. It's 1944 in the movie. Damn you and your logic. (laughs) Teflon hasn't been invented. DuPont hasn't made all its uh, advances. But anyway, so... As I was saying, it's to me, it's a sch- schizophrenic kind of movie, sort of, but not really. It's just there are these big action set pieces. So there's the Normandy one. There's a big battle at the end of the movie, too, mm-hmm. which is actually uh, not as chaotic, like not as big as the Normandy battle, but... More intense, I think, in certain ways.
1: Well, I think part of the reason it's more intense is that we know these characters and we care about them now. Whereas in the beginning, it's like it's just this bloodbath, but Absolutely. we don't—we're not emotionally invested.
0: hundred yeah. percent.
1: My stomach hurt at the end of the movie. Yeah, it was—it was, a, well, it was a, because they all fucking die. No, they Every- don't all die. They
0: don't all die. That's one of the things I'm going to praise about the movie is that it doesn't go over the top, unrealistic, where they all die. They don't all die. Who lived? Adam Goldberg lived. Uh, the fucking uh, Burns lived. Uh, you know, uh, these are the actors' real names. I can't remember their fucking... Uh, oh, wait, no. Goldberg did die. Yeah. Yudin, he got stabbed <laughs> in a horrifying way. But Burns lived. Um, uh, the, the writer guy lived. Yeah, he
1: shouldn't have. Uh, um,
0: Matt Damon lived.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, he lived, but it's like, like okay, <laughs> I guess we should back up. Because- Can I
0: finish my point? Oh, I'm sorry. So, my point was, there's all these big battle scenes. That's one part of the movie. The other part of the movie is the times in between that, where the movie is a dialogue-heavy, contemplative, talking movie about... Uh, what it the nature of humanity, and what it what it's like to, you know what, you, what we sacrifice in war, and the, the horrors of war, and the insanity of everything going on around, you know, all that stuff. Like there's there like all these guys are smearing the screen with their acting. You know, it's like um, there's very strong performances. Um And, and very dialogue-heavy scenes of emotions and people sharing stories. And it's all quiet and contemplative. So in the valleys between these big action set pieces is this, too. Yeah. And I think it makes the movie a much richer experience having all those scenes. And Spielberg is a master at putting these scenes together.
1: mm no, I mean I agree. It's it's a really well done and well put together movie. It's just a lot
0: to deal so, with. You wanted to back it up.
1: Beep <laughs> beep beep. Well, I just feel like we should probably discuss the actual plot of the movie. So sure. Um Like like Mark said, they start out with the D Day, the the Normandy invasion. Correct.
0: Operation Overlord.
1: And then we cut to who are these people? They're politicians of some sort or
0: uh, I mean essentially. They work for the uh they're they work for George C Marshall who is the Army Chief of Staff. Uh. So essentially he's the person in charge of like coordinating all the shit, you know what I mean? Like not battle stuff, but like he coordinates personnel and like all that stuff. Mm. So that's what the Chief of Staff does.
1: And so somehow he has put together that these three young men with the what?
0: Not somehow. And first of all, there's not very many women in this movie, and you're giving short shrift to the woman that actually figures this out. She has no dialogue, and we don't see her. But there's a pool. This is also part of the ho- horrifyingness of um, you know what's going on here. But there's a pool of women uh, typing. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, And what they're doing is they're typing letters home to families of people killed. And there's just, I mean, it's an army of them, no pun intended, just typing these letters, so thousands and thousands of letters. And we hear voiceovers of it and everything. And this one woman, we this is one of the things that Spielberg does so brilliantly. We see her discover... That these brothers have all been killed with no dialogue whatsoever. She's typing a letter. It's like, dear Mrs. Ryan, and then she stops and looks and looks at the thing, and then she takes her paper out of the typewriter. She goes over to somebody else who's typing. She looks in one of those books and she pulls out and she starts pulling letters out, and she takes it to Tim Watley from uh, Sunfelt's. Brian Cranston who uh, played the dentist uh, occasionally on Seinfeld. um, Okay. Comedy actor. And uh, it's weird to see him in this with really short hair, too. (laughs) Um, But she gives it to him, and he's like, oh, fuck. uh, You know, all these dudes have died. And they take it to uh, George Marshall, the Army Chief of Staff, uh, and they're like, hey, uh, so here's the situation. Um, This dude... Ryan, or this woman, Ryan, has four sons, and three of them were all killed at D-Day, and we don't know where the fourth one is.
1: And she'll be getting these telegrams, all three of them, this afternoon. Yeah, all together. Can you even fucking imagine?
0: And some fantastic acting, uh, again, from the, the woman playing the mother, where she sees the car and knows what it has to be, and just collapses. It's it's such a simple thing, but it conveys the emotion so well.
1: What sucks is she collapses before she even really knows. She knows somebody died.
0: Yeah, but it's it's all, all three. three.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. That would just kill a woman. It Could. seems unrealistic that she's there for the fourth one.
0: It um so. It's supposedly based on uh, a true story of, I can't remember, I think Nyland was the, the last name, but uh, someone who they thought the, his four brothers were killed in, um, no, I think it was four. Okay. I think in the real story it was four and he was the fifth brother and they, or maybe it was four. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it was four. So I think his three brothers were, yeah. were thought to be killed, but it turns out one of them was actually alive okay. and was a prisoner of war and got returned home. Uh, so half she lost half of her sons. <laughs> but so George, George Marshall sees this, and they're all like, there's, an, there's not an argument, but there's a debate in the room where one of them's like, we got to find this Ryan dude, get him out, and send him home. So that his mom doesn't lose all of her fucking sons. And the other guy's like, Look, we have no idea where this dude is. He was in an airborne division that parachuted down. It, they got scattered everywhere. We don't know where the fuck he is. We're not going to. Why send a bunch of them in there? He's probably killed in action anyway. And then George Marshall uh, grabs a letter. Apparently, he has a personal letter. <laughs> it's weird. But he grabs a letter and he reads it. Uh, it's addressed to a woman who during the civil war lost i don't know if this is a true story or not but during the civil war lost all five of her sons and it goes on you know like about uh, it's very it makes me that makes me think it's kind of real cuz it's very eloquently yeah. written and lincoln spoiler alerts it's 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 uh it's lincoln writing to this woman president lincoln uh was known for being eloquent yeah and um he basically you know says like i know it's no solace but know that you know they gave their lives so that the republic may live and and all that stuff and it's a very emotional and and touching uh thing and george marshall's just like ever the romantic i guess is like the boy's alive and we're gonna fucking get him or whatever so go get him and then they uh say to tom hanks "Hey, get some guys and go fucking find matt damon and I want you all to hate him.
1: And this is after Tom Hanks was the captain uh, yeah. of of a, uh, uh, Na- a NASA
0: ship uh-huh. that had some problems. <laughs> that, that's chronologically correct.
1: <laughs> what, wasn't he a captain?
0: He was a captain, yes. He was okay. still a case. He was a captain throughout the entire movie.
1: Okay. So he's a captain of a, what, platoon? What, are they, what would they say? Like, uh, They're army rangers. Rangers, okay.
0: So I think it's a squad, I believe, that they call it.
1: And I think, you know, almost all of them were killed on the way into the beach. A lot of them were, yeah. Which has to be awful. At one point, he says that he's lost 94 men. Yeah. How, how do you keep going? Like, that's crazy. Tell,
0: I, I will tell you that... We ask uh, people, soldiers, to do horrific things in war. And, I mean, it's madness. The whole thing is madness. Like, the even the having to come to it, you know what I mean? I mean like, the thought that we ever need to go to war for anything is just mind-boggling to me. Like, I don't know. I know, it. I I understand World War Two. it had to happen, you it know, be, had to. because of of Hitler's, uh, you know, uh, invasion of all of Europe and his systematic extermination of the Jewry of Europe. But um, I, it's, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, which this movie doesn't really get into, by the way, the Holocaust. Yeah. It's It's more about, it's more about what missions matter, really. But anyway, so, yeah, he's a captain. He's lost a bunch of his men. And then they're like, hey, you just fought through the fucking beach and you're on Normandy now. Uh, go just fucking bumble around France till so you find this dude.
1: Crazy. I want to know, too, like, they keep talking about earning their uh, their right to go home. Sure. Like, did, any, did they tell them if you find him, you get to go home with him? Like, no. I, I don't know where that was coming from.
0: So that's, to me, part of the philosophy of the movie. At one point. Tom Hanks, so Tom Hanks is, a ca- is, like you said, is the captain uh, of this group of Army Rangers. And they have a bet as to what he did for a living. Everyone talks about themselves and everything. He doesn't talk about himself very much. And everyone, they've got a pool going as to, you know, what he did for a living and where he was from and everything. At one point, they storm, as they're going through trying to find Matt Damon, they storm a a machine gunner's nest and kill a bunch of Nazis. And there's one left. And he's like, there essentially Tom Hanks is like, we're going to fucking kill him. He killed one of our friends, mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi. And, and he killed some other people too. We, we killed that. You know, we destroyed the nest so that he couldn't kill more people. We're going to kill him because he's a prisoner and we can't, we cannot take prisoners right now. We have, you know what I mean? Like we, that's all we can do. We can't just let him go. And the writer guy is like, we, he's he gave up. We can't just shoot him. Yeah, he surrendered. It's, it's inhumane, essentially. Tom Hanks, I guess, is moved by this or whatever. It's it's a longer debate and everything. And he's like, here, put a blindfold on him. Tell him to walk a thousand paces, and then he can take the blindfold off and surrender to the next allied forces. Dumb move, in my opinion, really. Yeah, Because, well, we'll get into it in a second, as soon okay. as we, we outline everything. But one of the guys, Burns, I can't remember his first name, uh, but he's been in some other movies. I think, I think it was in another movie we did, a romantic comedy or something like that. But he's pissed off, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? We're letting this guy go? And it becomes this big thing. Everyone's fighting. Tom Hanks is just kind of like walking around, not saying anything. Everyone is fighting. He wants to desert. The uh, Tom Sizemore, the the sergeant is. He's got his captain's back, and he's like pointing a gun at this guy, like I will fucking kill you. And it's like a whole big thing, yeah. You know, like you're not going anywhere. And Tom Hanks stops it by saying, uh, you know, what's the pull on me now? I was a school teacher, and he like he goes into this this whole thing about his life, how, how he's a school teacher in Pennsylvania, married, all this stuff. And he talks about what he's seen in the war, what he's done, the people he's lost, all this stuff. And he says, all I know is every person I kill, I feel farther away from home and farther away from my wife. And it's like, to me, that's a big part of the movie Mm -hmm. is what is the mission? Like when they're talking about earning their right to go home, I think he's saying, like he said, He's like, if saving this guy instead of killing people, if saving one guy earns my soul the right to, like, you know, rest easy and 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 be able to go home. And because when he says go home, he, he's not talking. I don't think anyway. He's not talking about literally going home. He's talking about feeling closer to home. Feeling more like the person he was hmm. before all of this. Okay, and I think he's saying, like, you know, if I can do this, maybe I can be more the man that I was uh, than this person that I've become. Uh, so I think that's what they're talking about when he's talking about that, and and I think that's the point of the movie: is are we in war? Like, are we trying to do good? You know, and what mm-hmm. is good when it when we're talking about war? So,
1: oh, okay. I mean, at one point towards the end of the movie, like mm-hmm. at his dying words. Yeah. After they have, they do eventually spoilers find the guy. Yeah. Not before
0: finding another guy. Oh God! Uh, yeah. Named uh, Ryan. Uh, what was his first name? Uh, James. James. Yeah. Bef- before finding another guy named James Ryan. Such telling, a
1: common name.
0: And telling him that his brothers have died. And he's like fucking sobbing and like all this stuff. And they're like, like I was gonna take him fishing. How did it happen? They died in combat. They're in grammar school. <laughs> and he's like, Oh. Oh fuck. Are you from Iowa? He's like, No, Minnesota. And he's like, Oh, sorry. Uh yeah, your brothers are probably fine.
1: And he's like, Well, how can you know? <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, they broke this guy. He's just like, I want to go home. He's sobbing. Freaking out. It sucks. Like, yeah, his worst fears. like, hey.
0: But, uh, yeah, so wrong guy. But they do end up finding him. And when they find him, he's like, I don't want to fucking go. He's like, I want to be here with my my guys. Like, why am I going to leave? And, and, yeah.
1: And they're like, uh, well, what are we supposed to tell your mother? You know, and he's like, tell her that I stayed with the only brothers I have left.
0: And he's like, yeah, she's really going to love this.
1: <laughs> like, what the fuck? You fucking asshole.
0: But, uh, yeah, it's one thing I think is interesting. So Spielberg is known for his realism and all that stuff. And one of the things I think is funny, this is a behind-the-scenes thing that I read. Uh, so he had all the the actors in the movie go through basic training.
1: Oh, really, Go through
0: like six weeks of grueling basic training, except for Matt Damon, why? Because he wanted the rest of them to hate him. He wanted to create a separation and an animosity between these guys and Matt Damon
1: that's stupid
0: no, I think it's it's something that I think works. They all are are as the movie goes on, they're all like. Antagonistic towards him, they they haven't even met him yet, and they're like a bunch of them are like he's fucking dead. I hope he's dead. You know, like they're all they're all pissed off and everything about him because they don't want to be putting their lives on the line well, yeah. for this one guy.
1: The question comes up over and over: Why are our eight lives worth less than his life? And that's why, like most of them, do die. I mean, most of them do die. Yeah. At least four. I think more than four of them die.
0: Don't you think most of them probably would have died anyway, though? In the subsequent fighting in France?
1: Probably. But, I mean, like, it's not really the point. Like, okay, so she had four sons and three of them died. And that's awful. And they're trying to make sure she still has a son at the end of this. Mm. But what if, you know, these guys are their only, their mom's only sons? Like, we're making a lot of assumptions that they're not also ruining a family by letting these guys die, trying to find this one guy? It's well, a good question. They're,
0: their families are going to be affected, whether they're, only, whether they're the only sons yeah. or not. 100%. You are putting at risk and eventually, you know, hurting the families of all these other people. The question, I believe, and the, it is a good question to ask, but I think the answer comes back to, you know, what, like... Where would they be better served? Would they be better served killing 20, 30 more Nazis? Like, what? what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, obviously, so it's the difference between the mass, like looking at it macroscopically, mm. looking at the whole thing where like we have these soldiers going here and it's like they all need to go here and do their a little part in order for us to advance to berlin to end the war and, and and all this other stuff right um but then if you look at it microscopically if you look at the individual thing it's like what is the point of me killing these guys mm-hmm. you know what i mean just fighting through these guys to to get to berlin and stuff so it's like is it more noble to do this than to did they do more good On an individual level, obviously winning the war was the most good. But on an individual soldier level, did they do more good saving this guy? Because then he, as we see at the end of the movie, then he had children who had children. He has children and grandchildren. These people exist because they did this.
1: Well, and Tom Hanks' character's last words to him, like I was saying when he was dying, is, you know, earn this. Yeah. What a mind fuck for oh, this poor dude. Yeah, for sure. Cuz here he is an old man with his whole family and he's asking his wife, "Am I a good person? Did mm-hmm. I did I earn it? Like how's is, how's is my life worth it? Because
0: of the sacrifice that all yeah. the rest of them
1: made." And unless he did something miraculous, something incredible, he probably always feels like he didn't earn it.
0: Well, I mean, he went on to solve that uh, fucking equation at MIT. I mean, that was... <laughs> that was big. Right, right. Shook up the math world. <laughs> I was able to do this because of fucking Tom Hanks.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, like, I can't even imagine the burden that he lived with. No. It's... it, But it is...
0: It, it's... And I feel like we've only seen it once, obviously. It's a movie I probably want to see again. I know you don't. Oh, fuck no. But... And to me, that's the, so for all the spectacle, obviously that's what a lot of people are talking about is the big, and that's kind of what I was getting at at the beginning of this conversation. The big spectacle, the big battles are great. Like they're, I mean, they're horrifying. Uh, They capture the horror of war very well. Um, But they're, they're like, Technological marvels of filmmaking—they're fantastic, but the heart of the movie is these questions. Mm-hmm. Is these is Giovanni Ribisi sitting there after uh, uh, Vincent Diesel uh, gets—that's uh, the actor's name. I I can't remember. He's the like an Italian dude, but um, he
1: what? Vin Diesel?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the guy's name. Um, he gets—he's the first guy when they. When uh, the person is trying to give him the little girl, mm-hmm. and he gets shot by the sniper, that's him. Oh, okay. Him. Okay, I do not um, know. Yeah, I've never seen him in anything, but uh, that's his name. Uh, but anyway, so he gets shot, right? He has a letter for his dad. It's all covered in blood. Uh, yeah. So Giovanni Ribisi, uh by candlelight in the church while they're waiting, uh, transcribing because
1: it. Because his dying request was, please rewrite this letter it's covered in blood it needs to go to my father
0: mm-hmm.
1: what a task
0: but that to me like i'm saying that's the heart of the yeah. movie
1: well stuff. and
0: then and later everyone takes that letter yeah because
1: the then later he has it and gets killed and there's blood on it again
0: and then tom hanks takes it and tom hanks gets killed and then burns takes it
1: was it bloody then too i feel like it was i feel like there was I, always blood on that goddamn little, letter I, I
0: think it was a little cleaner that time but
1: But, like, first of all, it's going to be fucked up by the time he gets it because, you know, telephone. But. (laughs) But, I mean, like, the type (laughs) Dad, I
0: love your lasagna. What the fuck does this mean? (laughs) Vincent Diesel? What are you saying? Oh, but, I mean, like, okay. By the way, that's the name of a fucking truck, not a human being. (laughs) Vin Diesel. I don't know. Vehicle identification number, Diesel.
1: I'm just. I, I was thinking the whole time about that letter, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be in his son's handwriting. They're going to have to explain why they rewrote it. Yeah, and cause... it kind of takes away the point in the first place. Eh, I, I mean, looking into it a little. Bit too much. <laughs> I guess, but that's where my brain goes late at night. But yeah, after G- I've spent an hour crying.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Giovanni Rabisi is doing this letter by candlelight, and then he uh, talks about. Uh, a story about how, it, like, he would try to stay awake for his to see his mom uh, when she got home. Yeah, and then like how sometimes she'd get home early and he'd pretend to be asleep. And he says, "I I don't know why I did that." And yeah. it's it's just marvelous. the The writing in this movie is just fantastic, and it really it really gets to the heart of humanity. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean. You know, the big special effects and the big spectacle is great, but, but those scenes are what cinema is really about.
1: Yeah. yeah it's a, it, it is a fantastic movie. It's just.
0: It might be the best war movie I've ever seen. I mean, I think it is the best yeah. war, movie, war movie I've ever seen. It's the one that has the most humanity.
1: For sure. I've it's ever seen. just so hard to watch, though.
0: Glory was also very good. Yeah, Glory's Broadway. very good. And that's another one with a lot of humanity. But I think there's just, there was, there's just, this is a wonderful mix of of everything that you would want in a war movie. I think the definitive war picture.
1: You know, I'm so grateful to never have had to be in a situation like this to have been in war. And I'm so grateful to anybody who has done that for our country. I mean, that's awful to go through and, I feel like I understand a little more now what it would be like after watching this. And, uh, it just like the chaos, like the absolute chaos. Like I can't, it's hard to believe that anybody accomplishes anything in any kind of concrete order.
0: (laughs) In that situation, because it's
1: like, like, they're supposed to be in these groups together, like, with missions, but everybody's just so confused and broken up and everywhere. And And
0: that happens a lot. They talk about that. How how it gets, you know, everything gets fucked up, and then you go meet uh, fucking Ted Danson. (laughs) Right. Sudden Ted Danson in this movie for a little bit.
1: Yeah, he had a very small role. Um, But yeah, it's just like, like, they're just putting together uh, troops from, like, pieces left over after they were all just blown up. It's nuts. And like, how is anybody ever going to know who lived and who died and that everybody gets where they're supposed to? Like,
0: you know what, what part of what I kind of realized in this Hmm. is that, and it's something I never thought about before, but during world war two, I'll bet you there are at least hundreds, maybe thousands of us soldiers just buried in, in France and, and, in Europe, you know, yeah. just buried in Europe because you can't take all the bodies back, you know? Like, right. And it's just, it's kind of a fucked up thought that they're fighting through Europe and, and you know, just digging holes. And it's like some are just buried there.
1: It's fucked up. You know, I don't remember from the chaos of everything in that last battle. I remember Tom Hanks said that um, Matt Damon had to stay right with him. Mm-hmm. because he wanted to make sure he was saved, right? Did he actively save him, or did he just get killed?
0: No, no, he just got killed. Okay, okay. No, they they enact a, what I think is actually a pretty good plan, but there's, there's like 12 of them, and not a ton of armaments against like 150 German soldiers, and they kill most of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they did well. It was impressive. Until
0: air support shows up at the end, and then air support gets the rest of them. Yeah. But it's too late for Tom Hanks, who dies.
1: And it's too late for the two uh, men that are in the top of that fucking tower.
0: Oh, yeah. But not too late for the coward writer.
1: I I was so angry. Like, I mean, I can't judge, because who knows? I'd probably be in a corner crying somewhere, too. But like he went through basic training. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's in the war. His friends are up there like Mm -hmm. fucking get it together. Yeah, it was. I mean, I felt sorry for him and sad for him, but also angry.
0: I thought about myself and I was like, I, I really became a harsh critic of myself and I was like. Would you do that? Like you, you'd probably be terrified and everything and all that stuff. Would you just like, you know, not be able to move and everything? I don't think I would, though.
1: No, I, I, I'm sure I would get up there and fucking try. Yeah, I, I like the way.
0: I can't be sure of anything, but the way, like, you could hear them struggling and everything, yeah. right? And it's like your friends up there, and you have a weapon. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like there's no shooting. Sounds like none of the neither of them have a weapon. You have a weapon. Like, I, I am pretty certain I wouldn't have reacted that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they were calling for him because mm-hmm. they knew he was out there with more ammo. They needed more ammo. Yeah, and the worst part is this guy who who murders them just you know with a knife, and he this this fucking pussy writer is on the stairs like, halfway up there just freezes and doesn't go help them. Mm. And this German douche comes down and, like, looks at him like he Mm. could have killed him. Yeah. Because even though he had a gun and everything, he wasn't doing shit. Mm. And he just looks at him like, well, you're obviously nothing, and just walks past. Yeah. Like.
0: But then eventually he does shoot and kill him. Yeah. After everyone's, after he does nothing and air support gets there and everyone surrenders. He shoot. He killed. He makes him the one he kills
1: because he looked at him and laughed and said his name, mm. reminding him that I know who you are because they were calling you.
0: And it's yeah. Do you think that's why he does it? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, he taunted him with like, "I killed your friends. I know who you are." They were calling for you. That all just by saying his name, all that's conveyed to him.
0: Yeah, yeah I. uh I don't know. I thought I was like, well, that's too little, too late. You know, like, I don't know what the fuck you think like you're you're doing there. But, yeah, I guess I get it now with what you're saying. But it was, yeah, There's and there's a lot of that. And like I said, that's kind of why I want to watch it again is because there's a lot of things. And I think there's a lot of themes and, you know, ideas that I might not even have fully grasped the first time around. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's a lot in this movie for sure. It's an
0: incredibly layered film. And just really brilliant and done. And John Williams, who, you know, pretty much, like, Spielberg basically only works with John Williams as far as the score goes. John Williams' score is uh, fantastic and, oh, yeah. and haunting and everything.
1: Yeah. Um, it was just, it's it's almost three hours long. Yep. Probably at least a full hour of it is just brutal battle. Oh, yeah. and um, And the rest of it's heavy emotion. But it's
0: it's fantastic.
1: It I, is, but it's so much like yeah. Okay, see it. But I I don't know how you can want to see it again. Honestly, I understand what you're saying. Why, but oh. mm. but I highly
0: recommend it. I'm gonna take my dad to it. So you know, I I think uh, yeah. I mean, I I I would highly recommend it, and I'd recommend seeing it in the theater. I think it with as big of a scope. It's an epic movie, as big of a scope as this movie is. I think. Oh, yeah. Watching it in the theater is 100% worth it. For sure. But that is the uh, show. So go ahead, Carol.
1: <laughs> All right. So you can write us at latefeet1994 at AOL.com. Uh huh. Check out our website at www.retrolatefeet.com. Yes. And share the tapes with your friends.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.